Good morning. Oh, good evening, church. <laughs> good evening, church. Yeah. It's good again for us to be together. So let's remind something that the Lord has done in his goodness. God is good. God is good. And all the time. Indeed, he is. Our message this evening is found in Psalm 133. This is a a psalm of unity written by David. But before we read and before we go to the Lord in, in his word, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to assist us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we come, Lord, totally dependent on your spirit to guide our thoughts and to help us to receive your word that you have for us this evening. Lord, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that your spirit may move in us and that through your word you may be glorified and our lives will be transformed for the praise of your glorious grace that you have bestowed in us, in our our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, Let indeed, as we meditate about unity, that we as New Life Church Abu Dhabi will reflect the truth of your word when it comes to unity. That our unity will be the one Jesus prayed for his disciples, for the twelve, and for us today as well. That when the world will see us, they will know that we belong to you and that they will know that we love one another and your love is in us, O Lord. All these, O Lord, for the glory of your name, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles. And I've been debating with myself. I know this is a Bible study service. But sometimes uh, we, we try to do it as a message or as a normal preaching. Uh, I'll try to change a little bit. Therefore, if I ask some questions directly to some people, don't think that is strange because this is a Bible study service. Okay? So let's see if it will work or not. I'm not sure. But by God's grace, let's see how it will work. So some. 133. That says the word of God. A song of ascent of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the bird on the bird of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. 
For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This psalms is a part is part of a long or a wider block of psalms, which starts from Psalm 120 and extends till 134. It's called the psalm is one of the psalm of ascents or songs of ascents. They are also called the pilgrim songs. Simply because those were psalms or songs that the Israelites, they were uh, singing on their procession to Jerusalem four times or in the big feast that they have uh, in, or they had in Jerusalem. The Bible says that four of these psalms of ascent were written by David including the one that we see today. And one of them was written by Solomon, which was Psalm 127, while the remaining 10 uh, remain anonymous. We don't know who wrote them. The city of Jerusalem is situated in high. So Jews, they were traveling to Jerusalem for one of the three main annual festivals traditionally sang these songs on the ascent, like they were going up hill in the road of Jerusalem. According to some traditions, the Jew priests all sang some of these songs of ascent as they also walked the steps in Jerusalem. So I said before, this psalm was written by David. And this psalm about unity matches the life of David. The question is why David would exclaim or would write this psalm about unity. In my research, when I was preparing for this message or devotional, many people consider that this psalm was written when David was crowned as a king. You can read that story of uh, David's coronation in 2 Samuel chapter 5. But you can imagine what was going on in the mind of David. In, psalm, in 1 Samuel 17, the Bible tells us the story when David killed Goliath. And from that time on, we saw Saul coming after David to kill him because David was already being anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the next king of Israel. From that time on, you see that David was separated from his family. He was not united from his family. And Israel as well was not united. The only time the Bible says that all the tribes of Israel, they came together in unity was when David was uh, crowned as the king of Israel. Reason why David wrote this psalm. 
Brothers and sisters, when we think about unity, there is many things that can come to our mind. But I am sure that in this place, no one would say that they don't long or they don't eagerly seek for true unity in life. There is always tears in our eyes when we see a broken family. We always see struggles in our heart when we hear that my brother, my sister are not well with their children. Whenever we see uh, countries like Angola going through 37 years of war, uh, we, we see that it is difficult for us not to long for unity. In the world we live today, this unity is a primordial thing for us. Countries, they need unity. Families, they need unity. So I believe even churches need unity. The universal church is united in Christ, but many local churches, they need unity. Paul addressing the church of Corinthians, he said, why there is conflict among you? Why do you say you are from Paul? I am from Peter, Cephas, or I am from Apollo. Even in the church, there can be this unity. That's why this psalm comes to us today. In a time that I believe we as New Life Church would meditate and would apply the principles that David shows us in this psalm. So let's just go then and read again and see that these psalms is divided mainly in two parts. Verse 1 will stand alone, and then we will see verse 2 and verse 4 as an explanation or example of that statement that David do makes in verse 1. So verse 1, and firstly, David is saying, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. He is trying to call our attention. That behold is like uh, Vitorina comes to me and say, Look, so I need to stand and wait to see what she will say to me. She doesn't, she doesn't do that, okay? <laughs> it's, that's an example, okay? So it's like a father coming to a son and call her by the first name. Some of them say it's like that. When mom or dad call the son by the first man, he knows or she knows that he's in trouble. So this is what David is doing here. Behold. So he's trying to catch our attention. And why? He's saying how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in, un in unity. So what David is saying here is that unity is good. But not any unity is the unity of the brothers. Bringing 
an example of a family unity, okay? And that family unity is good and pleasant. When God created in Genesis 1 the world, we saw that every time that he created and finished create, creating something, he would analyze and what God would say that it is, it is, all right. And when he blessed the man, he said that man could eat from all the trees and enjoy from that creation. So this good and pleasant makes me remember of the creation. Unity is the way God created us to live in unity. God, that's why the Bible says that God doesn't like divorce in marriage. Why? Because divorce is separation. That's why God doesn't like when we gossip. Why? Because gossip brings what? Disunity. And he's saying that this unity of the brothers, and here in King James, the word there is brethren, which Estelle and I was talking about that word, okay? And it reflects men and women. But in old English, it was only men, but I believe men and women. So it is the unity of the family that the Bible is saying over here. Now, this unity, verse 2, is like what? Is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron. Who was Aaron? Aaron was a priest, yeah? The first high priest that were anointed, the first high priest of Israel that was anointed by Moses. Where we can see that in the Bible? Leviticus chapter 8, you can just note down that. Leviticus chapter 8, verse 10 to 12. And in Exodus 30, 23 to 32, we see that oil being prepared for that ceremony of consecration of Aaron. And when we read those verses, we will understand that God was setting apart Aaron and his family for them to serve him in the tabernacle. So David is re rem remembering these things and saying that unity is like the oil in the head of Aaron. That unity is like that consecration that Moses did with Aaron. Unity is for us a way of sanctification, a way of God setting us apart. And we will see that very clearly if you just follow me. But here, clearly, David is saying that unity is like the oil in the head of Aaron. Now, see in your Bible how many times 
you see the word running down mentioned in this passage. It will be clear in King James, but in verse 2, we see there running down on the bird and then running down in, on the collar of his robes. And verse 3, we see also which falls on, like unity is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on. In King James over there, it is running down on. And this will be also important for us to understand what David wants to teach us here. So secondly, David now is comparing unity like the dew of Hermon. The Mount Hermon was part of Israel in those days. Today is part of Syria. And it is the highest point or was the highest point that time in Israel. And the Mount Zion is the mountain where Solomon built the temple and when also uh, Jesus was crucified. And remember that in the temple, who were, uh, who were doing the work in the temple? They were the Levite from the life or from the line of Aaron. Okay? So we see here very clearly that there is a connection of what David is saying. Why then unity is like the dew of Hermon? You know, the rain when it falls. And we see in the Mount Hermon, the dew like running to the lower parts of the region in Israel, making the ground to be uh, uh, worked. So the ground, the agriculture will be possible only in the grounds where there is water. So that dew will allow the ground to be fertile and the ground to be uh, culti cultivated. So this talks about life, sustenance, talks about fruitfulness, flourish, productiveness, and growth. This is what unity is like. Where there is unity, there is life. Where there is unity, there is fruitfulness, flourish. Where there is unity, there is productivity and there is growth. Therefore, we as a church, we as a family, we need to seek for unity if we want to see this happening also in our lives. We see in Exodus chapter 3 from verse 7 to 8, when God came to Moses in the burning bush, open your Bible. I didn't put that on purpose. Open just your Bible. We need to read that verse. Exodus 3 from verse 7 to 8. Exodus 3 from verse 7 to 8. And I, I told you to remember that term running down and see if you can see reflected in this verse from verse 7. Who has found that verse can read for us? Anyone? 
loudly If I ask you who is coming down in that context, in these verses, who is coming down? Yeah, the Lord is coming down. And the Lord is coming down to bring them out of the bondage of Egypt to the land that do what? That's what? That land? Flow. Flow what? Milk and honey. And this is talking about that productivity that I'm, I'm, I was mentioning. God is the one that is coming from heaven down to take the Israelites from the land of bondage to the freedom in the land of Canaan. Brothers and sisters, as I said, this is what we need to pursue as a family, as a church, as individual as well. But why? Simply because we cannot understand the unity in ourselves. As believers, we know that the true image of unity is our God. Our God is a triune God, one in nature, but three persons. God the Son, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says that this person being different, they are one. They are united. That oneness belongs to them. They work in harmony. They have the same purpose. They love each other with everlasting love that cannot be broken. This is the unity David is talking about here. This is the unity that we need as New Life Church to pursue. How do we know that? Uh, in the book of John 17, we see that very clearly. That's the longest prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ that have been recorded in the scriptures. We know the context of that episode, of that prayer. Jesus will be... Uh, crucified the next day or arrested the next day. And before he is arrested, he goes and he prays to the Father. And see one of the contests from verse 17 of this prayer. What Jesus is praying and he's saying that prayer that is not only praying for the 12, but he's praying for those that will believe in him. Meaning, you and me, if we believe in Christ, he is praying that prayer for us today. Part of the context of that prayer is from verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that also that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Verse 20, next slide. 
The Bible says and continues saying, I do not ask for this only, talking about the 12, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Brothers and sisters, our unity speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ. As New Life Church, if we indeed want the world to know us or to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the requirement is for us to live in unity. Jesus is saying that the world may believe by seeing our unity that Jesus is in us. Jesus Christ died in order for us to become one with him. And in him, we are also reconciled with our, Lord, our Father, our God. That's why he went to the cross. He went to the cross to pay the price for our sins because our sins had separated us from our God. We were under condemnation, guilt, destiny to hell. But Jesus took our place in the cross of Calvary and prayed that price price in order for us to be reconciled back to God. And he has given now to us that same ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of bringing people together. Ephesians chapter 2 shows this very well to us. And that is another verse that I didn't put in the slide. Let's open quickly our Bibles there in Ephesians chapter 2, and let's see that very clearly. And we will be ending soon. Ephesians chapter 2, and we will read from verse 13. Anyone has found that verse? 2 from verse 13 to verse 18. Can you just stand and read it aloud, please? Thank you. Eighteen, 
For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. This is what Jesus Christ came to do in our life. Thank you, Alessandra. This is what Christ came to do in our life. The world that separated us, what, which was uh, the sin in our lives, and the separation between human beings was dealt, uh, Christ dealt with that in the cross of Calvary. And today, the Bible says that we are reconciled back to God and with one another. There, the example is the Jews and the Gentiles coming together. And Christ is making one people, one family. So how can then we learn or what we can then learn from this world? Brothers and sisters, your family is not eternal. But the family of God is eternal. Mommy and dad, before God, your child is your brother. Because God has not grandchildren. If you need to fight for a family, choose to fight for the family of God that will be eternal. And in New Life Church, we do have a manifestation of that. I'm not saying that you need to forget your family. But when we see the priority and what God is saying here, if it is true, and if you believe that this word is true, church, the local family of God, is important. The unity of the local church is important. How we as New Life Church can do that? We can, first of all, be eagerly fighting for that unity. How? The Bible teaches us, if we consider others more important that, than us, that's one of ways for us to pursue unity. Six months we were away from uh, the service, from congregating as local church. Did you have time to call that brother, that sister that you never saw since March? Have you took, take, taken time to do that? That's one of the ways you have to pursue unity in our church. Another. When uh, David is saying that unity is like the oil in the head of Aaron that sanctifies us, he is speaking of also accountability between brothers and sisters in the local church. If we don't have true and meaningful relationship in our church, it is quite impossible for us to get or for you to get me accountable to you if I cannot open my life to you and say about my struggles. But I cannot come and open my life to you if you and me, we don't have what? A true relationship. That's another way of us seeking unity. Is for us to be open 
I'm not saying that everyone needs to know your life. No, 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 no. But at least one person, one family, you need to be accountable. Are you? You can say, I am accountable to my family, to my friends, like back home. This is true. You can do that. But your covenant in Abu Dhabi, your church, your local family is New Life Church. You need also to be responsible for the unity of New Life Church. Ending. Paul is clear on that. Ephesians chapter 4. The next slide. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's just read that quickly. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner word of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Next verse. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I had more to say about this, but... This verse says very clearly that we need to fight for the unity of the church. The universal church is united already in Christ. Now it's for us to fight for the unity of the local church. And for you and me, the local church is New Life Church Abu Dhabi. May the Lord bless his word. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this evening and we just pray that your spirit will continue doing his work in our hearts and minister this word for us to be able to understand what you expect from us in the seasons that we are living as New Life Church. May your name be glorified, O Lord, in our lives. May your unity be manifested in our homes, in our churches, in our relationships, O oh Lord, because you said that it is through that unity that the world will know that we belong to you. We pray all this, knowing that you are able and powerful enough to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.